0: line, Andrew Johnson, inside for Elba, Elba will score, Elba will score, Newcastle have won! G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Gonna dive into our rapid review. For round eight, before we head into Bike Bar Studios today to record the deep dive review, uh, all of those uh, clips of each and every game will be available on the Rugby League Guru podcast over the next twenty-four hours or so. Big day of recording. Timmy Williams joining us once again should be a cracking episode. Plenty to talk about. A couple of upsets, an unreal round of footy. Also dropped this morning a real deep dive into starts at the end of round eight to give you an idea on whether your team has improved off the back of last year or whether they've got worse. And it's very interesting. Because because... We've obviously had the rule changes, the bad coaches. They seemingly have caught up a little bit to the good coaches. And the numbers are very, very intriguing. So I highly advise you go and have a listen to that deep dive this morning on all the stats. There's a lot of numbers to go through there, an absolute heap. I go team by team through the entire competition and tell you where your team is sitting um, compared to where they were sitting last year at the end of the season. All based on averages, uh, points that are scored, and points that have been conceded. Pretty crazy. Uh, The standout team, the North Queensland Cowboys, Go and have a a listen to the numbers to get a proper explanation. But they are a 22-point better team every game than what they were last year, which is just fucking unbelievable. Their defense has improved by 19 points per game as it stands right now compared to their stats at the end of last season. So unbelievable stuff. Uh, There's a couple of teams that have gone backwards. You can go and have a listen to that. But there's only three teams that their defence has got worse this year than what it was last year. And I think you have to put a lot of that down to The rule changes and whatnot. The Raiders, the Knights and the Parramatta Eels, which is a really interesting one. Something that they have to sort out. We've spoken about this on Bloke in a Bar on a couple of occasions. So go and have a listen to that podcast this morning. Uh, Very, very interesting chat. Only five teams have improved their attack from last year. Uh, they are the Cronulla Sharks, they are the North Queensland Cowboys, the Parramatta Eels again, and incredibly the Penrith Panthers, and the Melbourne Storm. Somehow these guys, they find a way to get even better when they are seemingly the best by a long way. So very, very interesting numbers there. Go and have a listen to it. But let's get into our rapid review. And the week kicked off on Thursday night uh, with the Broncos. Big ups against the Sharkies. I did not see this one coming, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, very impressive performance uh, from the Broncos. They're still working out their combinations as well. And this is the thing that stands out for me, that... They're still so far from their best So far from their best, it's not even funny uh, Adam Reynolds played really well You obviously had Tyson Gamble next to him Who can be a little bit unorthodox um, I speaking to some people that have watched him play Queensland Cup over the last few weeks And he's been going berserk down there It sort of looks like he is handcuffed a little bit at the moment For the Broncos, but if you let Tyson go Full Tyson, you can just get fucking anything And you sort of saw that at the start of the game So, uh, it's an interesting little combination How that's going to play out Once again, I thought tomorrow Martin was unreal uh, He's a guy that I think will be the six by uh, by the time that Tessie New probably returns, maybe Selwyn Cobo will be ready to go into the six jersey, but I'm not overly convinced on that. Uh, but I think Tomorrow Martin's probably the guy to wear the six jersey long term here. But you need to have someone to play at fullback. You could see tomorrow Martin stay at fullback and maybe an, an Ezra Mam coming to this side soon. I'm not sure. If Tyson is the answer, as much as I love him, as much as I was backing him at the start of the season. um, Yeah. I'm just not sure. He can be very hit hit and miss and he can be very up and down and, I, I, I just thought that he made life hard for the Broncos early. Bounced back with a decent game, but, uh, you know, stats-wise, he had a decent game. But when you watch him pretty closely, uh, he wasn't overly impressive. And I, I'm just not sure if he's the guy. But we'll talk about that in more depth on the Bloke in a Bar podcast. The Sharky is very disappointing. Uh scored their only try, just doing shit that only Moylan can do, dropping it off the outside of his right foot, uh, curling it around two defenders and scoring under the sticks. Outside of that... A pretty disappointing performance. I'll tell you what, the one thing that stood out for me with the Sharkies was that I couldn't really understand, and I think this is a little bit of evidence for the first time of Nico Hines learning a new position, Craig Fitzgibbon uh, being a new coach. I-, I look at the way that Brisbane defended, especially on that they-, they-, they got really up in his face, uh, which I-, I think was a really good tactic. And Katoni Stags got up very quick on him, didn't give him much time. Their line speed was incredible, the Broncos. And when the line speed is really good like that, you've got to put them in two minds. You've got to start to kick early and kick, into the space behind them. When guys are shooting up, there is always space behind them. And I just feel like the Sharks... Never really utilized that tactic, and they just allowed Brisbane to come up, 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 and they just made it a little bit easy for them. And I, I know it's easier for me to say sitting at home than out there on the field, but every single set where they were, you know, close to the line, I just sort of thought, okay, here comes the early kick. This will be a moment where they turn Katoni Starks around and go, hey, if you're going to shoot up on us, we're going to put it in behind you, and you fullback, he better be ready to go. And that's where I think it would have been really good to shift it all the way over to the left, then swing it all the way back to the right, hit Adam Reynolds, you know, on the tram line, and then drop it over because that's where the brisbane defense was coming up you force will kennedy to really get on his bike there but uh they didn't do it uh a a tough one for the Cronulla sharks i think they'll take a lot from it um they obviously faded off in the second half last week pretty pretty poorly um i wasn't overly worried about it last week but watching this game this week um yeah an interesting one so yeah uh herbie farmworth we spoke about him on the podcast last week uh I'm, I'm, I'm calling him Zoolander from now on. He can't pass left. He can't turn left. He, he only comes back into the right, Herbie. So something he's definitely got to work on there. And if I'm Corey Oates, I, I'd be fucking filthy. Uh, but, yeah, look, Corey Pakes, uh, some more poor decision-making. We did say on the podcast that he's a good ball runner, but his ruck recognition isn't very good. Uh, Billy Walters didn't overly impress for me either. He was solid without being... Uh, fantastic. So they're still working out their 6, they're still working out their 9 um, and to be honest with you they're probably still working out their 1 because I think their 6 is actually playing 1 but they don't have any other choice at the moment. So, look Brisbane, uh, I don't think they played their best. They got a win against the top shelf side. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks played pretty poorly there. Uh, they've got a lot to work on but uh, I, I, for me, that doesn't take anything away from the Brisbane Broncos' performance. So, good little W there. Broncos, 16, over the Sharks, 7. The next game, Panthers, 18, over the Titans, 4. Titans led this one 4-0 at half time, which was a really, really good effort. Will Smith putting in a kick to Greg Martiu. Uh He obviously had AJ Brimson playing fullback. we still got Campbell playing reserve grade, which is a really interesting one. Can't quite get my head around uh, what is going on there. Uh, Dylan Edwards scored a try earlier that got taken off him, so the Titans did. Go in four 0 and then the ten minutes after halftime, uh, uh, Nathan Cleary just stepped up. He was incredible. Uh, laid on a try for Isaac Tago with a great kick, and then scored one himself of a Viliami kick out offload kick out with a very good game, uh, a very good performance here. Just talking on Isaac Tago, you know, as you guys know, I've been his biggest fan. I've called him from you know very early in the preseason to be a star this season. He has gone really good. Uh, he made four errors the other night and took a very selfish run from dummy half when, if he would have passed it, his team almost definitely would have scored on the right side. And this is uh, this is something that Isaac needs to get out of his game. And, you know, he's not making a heap of errors, but he's got one or two a game. And on the weekend, he had four. So he really does need to sort this out because the reality is his team, they're going to be playing finals footy in about 15 weeks or so, and he needs to be ready for it. And that means no errors uh, in his game. So uh, a few things to work on for Targa. I think that Ivan Cleary would have pulled him aside and showed him that tape of his entire 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 team stacked out to the right where eight guys could have scored if they just put it through hands. Instead, he went his own from dummy half into traffic. uh, And it was a really poor play and he's got to learn from that, which he will. Uh, But yeah, that's not how the Panthers play. They're not a selfish footy side. They're not about themselves. They're about the team. They always have been. Um, You can see that in the way that Appy subs off every week for hookers and the way the guys just move into other positions, the way they fight for positions, uh, the way that, you know, Jerome, Louis, and Maddie Burton carried themselves over the last two years and whatnot. So, Isaac, he will learn from that. Um, you know, this is, this is what happens in your first year of first grade. You learn hard lessons. And he had to learn one the other night, and I'm sure that... Uh, Yeah, I'm sure that Ivan Cleary will make him well and truly aware of that, if the other players didn't um, um, clip him on it realistically. A huge performance from the Titans, Captain Captain Tino. 71 minutes, 163 meters, 58 post contact, one offload, 40 tackles. To be fair, he did miss five tackles, uh, but a a monster effort to go. 71 minutes against the Penrith Panthers in a game that was in the balance. A very good effort. As I said, Nathan Cleary in the second half, he was top shelf. Uh, We're hearing that Brian Toto could return next week, which will make life very interesting. Does he replace Taylor May on his original left side or does he replace Staines over on the right and form a new partner or or, you know create another partnership with Stephen Crichton this time on the right edge very very interesting what the Penrith Panthers do there Uh, the late game on Friday night the Bunnies 40 over the Manly Seagulls 12 Uh, the headline out of this one Carl Lawton sent off in the 8th minute so Manly had to play 72 minutes with 12 players on the field and to be fair they did pretty well they only lost by 18 points to South they led 10-0 in the 20 minutes after the send off so they did pretty well I thought um you know the, the the last 50 minutes the bunnies really clicked into gear they scored 40 points in the last 50 odd minutes uh, yeah I thought Josh Schuster he, he's obviously struggling uh, a little bit without having a preseason, probably carrying a few extra kilos than what he would like, but they'll fall off him very quickly. I think he had his 21st on the weekend too, Joshy, so uh, that jersey might be a little bit tighter next weekend. But then after that, you know, it'll just be match fitness where Schuster finds his way in. You could see his skill set. I said on the on Instagram um, that he looks so much like uh, Felitti Matteo, the way that he was holding the ball, controlling that, that edge. He looked great. Uh, and it's crazy, as soon as he walked back into this side, how much emphasis they put on his attack. Uh, Very impressive So he's going to add another dimension to the Manly Seagulls That they haven't had so far this year That they did have last year And he'll get fitter each and every week So Schuster one to keep an eye on over the next few weeks uh, I'm sure in his mind he'll be thinking that he can make a late charge for a state of origin birth here, so keep an eye on him. Uh, I thought Cody Walker and Cam Murray, they were fantastic for the Bunnies. Cam Murray's going a great try. Cody Walker was just everywhere. I think it was his 150th game, I think it was. Uh, so, yeah, great to see him score a meaty uh, point up to his mother upstairs as well. A great little moment. Uh, I, th- I thought Blake Taft, that was probably the best game that he has played so far this season. I thought he was really strong. Uh, it's always tough when you're playing against 12. I mean, you know know, the maths of it says that you should just walk over them and you should score 80-odd points, but it's never really that easy. Uh, the Manly Seagulls, I thought they really got up for the contest considering uh, they only had 12 on. And I, I think it shows with South Sydney that they don't have that real cutthroat um, sort of approach to their rugby league. I think they think they do, but when you compare them to the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers, what they do, I, I, I really think there is a difference there in saying that bunny still working out their combos and everything without Latrell, you know, the, the new halfback still finding his way, etc. Um, so yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not going to hold anything against South Sydney cause they didn't put Manly completely to the sword in this game. It is a bit weird when you play with 12 and you should be scoring on every single set. Uh, yeah, I, I thought for Manly, I thought Cola, uh, his day was unreal. When you consider that, as we said last week on Bloke and Bar, and as I say on this podcast just about every week, defending with DCE is very tough. Uh, when you take Ola Kowatu out, it gets even tougher. And then when uh, your second row goes and gets sent off in the eighth minute, life gets very fucking difficult. Uh, but I think you could see what Cooler is about, the way that he comes off his right foot. We've known about him for you know a few months now, about his highlights, how quick he is and all this, but it's his defense and just his hard work that's really standing out for me. You think about the next few weeks, you're going to have Ola Kowatu come back on that edge, you're going to have Turbo out the back and Cooler there with Saab outside him, that edge they're going to be a serious fucking problem they're going to score a lot of points, so uh, good win for the Bunnies, unlucky for the Manly Seagulls, that's the way the footy goes sometimes though, unfortunately, uh, Super Saturday kicked off with the Warriors and the Raiders, the Warriors getting the job done here by one point in Golden Point courtesy of Sean Johnson, uh, the Raiders will be very disappointed with this one, I think they led 20-12 to 12 with 17 minutes to go uh, you know, we all joke about the Canberra faders But fuck It is a serious issue It's like they've got the yips When they get into the um Into the second half It's a bizarre little thing And they started so well Jack Whiten He came flying out of the gates He scored one himself Late on Another two In the first 35 minutes He was killing it um, You know I've been saying this For a long time And I'm probably flogging A dead horse But you know, I don't understand why C&K isn't at fullback. I really like Jordan Rapano. He's a really good player, but he's a double-edged sword. He's so unpredictable that sometimes it can be the best thing on the field. Other times it can be the worst thing. And I'm sorry, but the amount of errors he made on the weekend, I think he made four errors and then he threw... That pass to Nick Kotrick, it was a reverse spiral pass that landed a metre short. Like, you just can't be doing that in the NRL. Kotrick knocked it on two plays later or a play later. Ewan Aitken gets down the left side, throws a brilliant cutout ball uh, for them to score. And look, I'll be honest with you, if CNK was on the field, that moment doesn't happen. And I don't think CNK makes the same mistakes that Rapana did throughout the game. There was another last tackle where Rapana went very selfishly from dummy half. Once again, CNK doesn't make that play. Reliability and consistency is so fucking underrated in rugby league, it's not even funny. I'll tell you right now, if CNK was the fullback this entire season, I think the Raiders beat the Cowboys. I don't think he would have got caught out of position like young Xavier Savage did uh, off the Scott Drinkwater kick a few weeks ago. And personally, I think they win that game on the weekend against the Warriors as well because he wouldn't have made those errors. He wouldn't have taken those selfish runs. And there's not a fucking hope in hell CNK would have thrown a reverse spiral pass a meter short of his winger instead of just taking the contact and going forward. Uh, I'm not having a go at Jordan Rapana, but. I mean, you just just play San Kate fucking fullback. I don't understand what is so difficult about this. He made a couple of errors a few weeks ago. I understand that. But he has proven that he will deliver for you. He's proven that his bad games are a six. Jordan Rapana, his bad games like the weekend, there are two. You've seen Xavier Savage that he he he's you know he, he's young though he he's got an excuse he's young he's finding his way they're playing him on the wing I, I would rather him play reserve grade at fullback but I can understand him playing wing in first grade but as far as Jordan Rapana goes I don't understand how we can have him at fullback it's uh, over CNK it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever hopefully Ricky makes a change uh, this weekend because as I said I think they win that game last th- this weekend I, I think they win against the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago if CNK. Is it fullback? Um, yeah, I mean, you ha- have a look at the Raiders' backs. They made 11 errors. The pack made five. There's twice as many blokes in the pack as, as there is out in the back. So you can't win games of football when you like that. And if I'm Jack White, and fuck, I'd be frustrated. You think about when he when he ran out the other night. And keep in mind that Jack is a manufactured six. He hasn't been a six growing up. He's become a six over the last three years. He's done incredibly well. He's got a Clive next to him. He's got a Dalliam next to him. He's done very well, but he's learning the position. Now, I understand it hasn't been ideal. They've lost Fogarty. They've lost Josh Hodgson. Yeah, so they've lost their best nine. They've lost their best seven as well. Tough gig. But on the weekend, that game started with Adam Elliott at hooker. So they had, you know, a front rower or an edge player at hooker. Uh, Schneider at seven, who realistically is a six, but they've got no other choice. So I understand them playing Schneider at seven. I don't have an issue with that at all. Jack at six. And then they had Rapana, who's a winger at one. So of your entire spine... I mean, the only guy that actually plays the position he was playing was Jack Whiten, and he's a manufactured six as well. And then you look at the bench, and you've got a fullback in CNK that went to a grand final and a nine in Tom Starling sitting there. And I understand what they're trying to do with Starling, but... I just think you need to start with these guys. And you know what? Credit to Adam Elliott. He performed really well. But Hooker is a specialist position where you need to get crisp ball all the time. And Elliott did a good job. I wouldn't say he did a great job. He was much better when he jumped in the thirteen role, which is where he ha- where he should have been the entire fucking season. Uh, but yeah, if I'm Jack, I-, I think I've got to go to, go to Ricky and say, bro, fuck... Give me some players that play these positions. Give me the guys that play hooker. Give me the guys that play fullback. Because it's just, it's all over the place at the moment. And it's frustrating as all hell. And I think the way that the Canberra Raiders started, sort of band-aided that. And the Warriors scored tries off kick, scored tries off turnovers. And you sort of thought, oh, the Raiders are playing better. They'll be okay. They didn't fire a blow after that. All of a sudden, you've got you and Akin bursting through holes. And shout out to him. I thought he was their best performer last week uh, in a seventy to ten loss. I, I said to him during the week, it would have been ninety to ten if it wasn't for you. And he he was like, yeah, I, I made some couple of good defensive plays, but it's not good enough. We've got to bounce back next week. Bounce back. He had a huge performance. Um, he had, what did he do? He came up with a try assist, a try, a line break assist, a line break, three tackle breaks, 45 tackles, no misses, no errors, no penalties. A huge knock from Ewan Aiken. Whoever gets him next year, it is going to be such a good signing. It's not even funny. I thought him, I thought SJ was really good. I thought Reese Walsh was solid again. Uh, Matt Lodge copped a lot of criticism, but... Look, it is what it is. The NRL has set the standard here. The NRL has, you know, the, the, if the players know that that's going to get them a penalty, if, if that happened to Lodge and he stood up and played the ball 20 minutes out when he could have got a penalty to send in next time, I would have said, you are a moron. What are you doing? We might not like it and we might sit at the pub after and say, oh, fucking Lodge, asshole, this, that. You know, I had a heap of these conversations this weekend. But the reality is, if he doesn't do that, his team does not win that game of football. And if the referees are going to blow penalties to that sort of stuff, and if you're going to lie down and they're going to look at it twice, I mean, it is what it is. If I'm his coach, I'm saying, you're yeah, beautiful. Because you know what? You can bet your dick that if Matt Lodge is at the other end of the field and, and he, he had a high tackle like that or a controversial one that you could maybe get a penalty of, Corey Horsburgh is going to lie down. Corey Horsborough will tell you that that he wouldn't, but he 100% would because you need to win games of fucking football. That is the reality of it. So I don't hold anything against Lodge. Do I love it? No, I don't. But... It's the game. You got to win games, and if you if that's how you're going to do it, it's gamesmanship. You've got to do what you got to do. Unfortunately, so um, I know it stirs up a lot of people because it is Matt Lodge, uh, but the the action itself, if it's if it's going to win your team a game of football, which it did. I can't hold it against him. They went to extra time. SJ delivered the one-pointer, uh, stepped off the right foot, let let Corey Horsburgh glide past him and then put it over. Huge play uh, by SJ. Great to see. Very disappointing for the Canberra Raiders, giving up an eight-point lead with 17 minutes to go to lose by one in extra time. Absolute nightmare. Um, fuck knows what. What, what Ricky's going to do here. Uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs, 16 over the Roosters, 12. What a performance, huge. This was the second upset of Super Saturday. I sort of had a feeling that the Dogs might be in this one. The Roosters, they're just so far off the mark. Uh, Satilli got denied first try off a kick. Um, Fox scored the first one. Uh, pretty average defense by the Chooks on that one. Uh, well done to Corey Waddell. So if you watch that try again, He's sort of in the wrestle uh, with Joey Manu. And what he does is he forces Joey Manu behind him and onto his back, which means that he can push off Joey Manu, which means that there's only going to be one marker. And you can see, if you watch Josh Adokar, you can see that he, he watches this whole thing unfolding. He's got a very smart football brain, Josh Adokar. He's very quick and he laughs and he giggles and he does funny shit, but he's very good at understanding the game. And he he, he didn't realize this straight away, that Joey Manu was on his back. Manu knew he was in, in trouble too, so he had to get up and try and rush in. There was only Sam Walker at... Uh, At first marker and you know, that's easy money for Fox. So he scored that one. Average defense, but credit to Corey Waddell. That might as well be a try assist, the way that he forced Joey onto his back. It's those little things in the wrestle that you need to watch. And there was another try later in the week that we'll talk about soon. Fox then backed it up with his second Akiri pass. It's something that teams have, have identified with Fox over the last two or three years, uh, that he tends to come in on his wing. He sort of comes up and then he shifts out and he's quick enough to sort of get away with it. This was a moment where Sammy War. Oh, sorry, I, 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 I think it was Kiri actually... Uh, saw an opportunity and tried to get outside him. Fox takes it, being the footballer that he is. is a hard pass to pull off when you've got a sliding winger there with the athleticism of Fox and the speed of Fox. Uh, he goes the length there. So two tries for Fox, a great performance. Um, I thought the one on TPJ was an interesting one. Now, the Bulldog, the Roosters, uh, they went down the length of the field. They were attacking about 20 metres out. TBJ was getting onside, and uh, the ref said, "I oh, it wasn't intentional. I'm not buying that for a second. Um, I do that sort of shit at, 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 at Touch and Oz tag all the time. You run through their line just so you're in the way, but you go at the right pace uh, where it looks like you're not getting in the way. Uh, personally, I, I thought that was very smart by TBJ. Once again, if you can get away with it, uh, good on you, because it was a penalty. They were on the front foot. The Canterbury Bulldogs are in a little bit of trouble. Uh, it is a risky one because I I think some referees would probably sin bin that um, but he probably got the logie for it because he made it look like he wasn't really paying attention when I can guarantee you TPJ knew exactly what he was doing but once again same as the Lodge one if you can get away with this sort of shit and it benefits your team which it did um, so be it realistically that's how the game of rugby league uh, goes I thought that the Bulldogs on their own line their defense was really good Uh, the Roosters scored their second try off a kick uh, uh, to Joseph Suwali, who's very good in the air. It was very impressive. But the set before that was fucking awful. Good God, it was a bad set by the Roosters. I think they had two dummy half runs. Sam Walker ran around in circles and dropped Radley off. Um, yeah, sometimes a very good kick and a very good aerial attack can make a very shit set look very good. And we forget about it very quickly. But the Roosters, very much so out of sorts. 10-4 at halftime. They're down. Canterbury leading and leading well. Yeah. Um, they, they came out in the second half, Teddy scored a try, which was a really soft miss tackle from TPJ, he'll be very disappointed in himself for that one, they didn't have numbers they didn't have anything, it was just a poor miss by TPJ, but the set before that was really good from the Roosters, they went Angus to the right, they then went Takiyaho to the left, they went Angus to the right again, so they sort of, they played both sides of the ruck and they really stretched the Canterbury uh, defensive line, and then Teddy went down the short side, and as much as he scored, I'm not sure if it was the right play, there really wasn't a heap of room there, there was plenty of defenders there, but TPJ just came up with a bad miss. But I thought that set was starting to look more and more like the Roosters that we see. Um, yeah, so the Roosters, I don't know. They're getting there, but they're still far, so far off. Angus also knocked the ball on in the play the ball, so they probably shouldn't have got that one. Uh, they were very lucky to keep their hands on that one. <laughs> Matty Burton then bounced back, knocked back, knocked over a huge 40-20, like the old Ricky Stewart spiral. A great nudge from Matt Burton. Uh, and then Dufty threw a brilliant ball to Ockhamball, one of those floaters. A poor read by Naguama, sort of coming up into No Man's Land. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Uh, Yeah, I think this is something that Canterbury would have probably identified with. Naguama. This has sort of always been a little bit of an issue throughout his career. Uh, defensively, some of his reads and some of his decisions aren't fantastic. And you could see that he uh, he knew straight away he, he'd, he'd made a mistake, tried to get on his bike. But the ball from Dufty was too good. And well done to Dufty. It's a hard ball too. Throw. Um, you know, the longer the ball's in the air, the more chance it has of getting snatched out, the more chance there is of a mistake somewhere. So, what well under Dufty, that takes balls to throw, and it was a great little ball. Um, Satilli, he scored the next try for the Roosters, came off one or two forward passes. It was very lucky. It was a very sort of unorthodox try. Uh, the ball hit the ground, the ball went forward, the ball was kicked to the corner, the ball hit the ground again, Satilli scored. So, a uh, try that, you know, good to get him on the board, kept the Roosters in this contest, but Yeah, the Roosters, as much as they had little moments where I thought they were starting to sort of get back into their rhythm, um, they really are a long way off at the moment as a whole. Uh, I, I thought Aaron Shoop he did a really good job on Joey Manu. He did a really good job on Katoni Staggs last week. So two quality centers in this competition two weeks in a row. And I think he's done a great job on both of them. You could see Joey Manu was a little bit frustrated at the end of that game. Sort of went at Shoop a little bit um, after they scored Swali's second try, which was called back. So uh, tough pill to swallow there. I thought that uh, TPJ, his play on Radley at the end of the game, Radley had the ball in an awkward position. And TPJ just forced it out with his body. positioning, and that's where, once again, your wrestling is so important. So, outside of that missed tackle from TPJ, uh, which was a really bad missed tackle, don't get me wrong, thought he had a pretty solid, consistent game. Just the two offloads, didn't go crazy here, TPJ. Teddy ran for 300 metres. Again, 299, I think it was, so let's call it three scunge. Uh, Yeah, disappointing for Teddy. He's sort of, he's just struggling to sort of find his way in this side at the moment. Uh, No huge standout for Canterbury for me. It was just a solid team performance, and this is who the Canterbury Bulldogs are. are. The late game, the Parramatta Eels for the Cowboys, 35. The North Queensland Cowboys, they are the real fucking deal. They are very, very impressive. Um... Kyle Feltz scoring three tries, drink water with some brilliant plays here Val Holmes with a cracking field goal just before half time, Um, I thought Kyle Feltz try, it was just too easy his third one, it was just too easy Uh, and this is what we spoke about in the stats earlier this morning in the podcast about how Parramatta, their defense has somehow gone backwards despite the rule changes and everything and teams scoring less points, which is very very disappointing for Parramatta and this one will be a real kick in the dick this game and I think this will be the try they look at and just go, that's not us, that's not how we play um, Parramatta did score a good try. Brown at dummy half, threw it to Cartwright, uh, hit Perham down the short side. Uh, smart sort of play there. Uh, yeah, and Dearden scored a great try at the end too. Holding the ball in two hands, looking in, looking out, isolating isolating Bryce Cartwright. Good play from Dearden. He's having a cracking season. I thought Dearden and Chad were fantastic. I think Drinky sort of cemented his spot in that fullback jersey. Hammer came on in the second half, played left center, replacing Peter who looked really strong. But I think Drinky that has to be his jersey. Um, yeah, the Cowboys, they're heading in the right direction, 35-4. Very, very impressive. Um, crazy how much this team has turned around. But we'll go in-depth on that and the podcast this morning. Go and have a listen to that, talk about the stats involving the Cowboys. Some pretty crazy shit to come out of it. Uh, yeah, where two for Parramatta? I, I can't believe Jacob Arthur's still playing 5-8. This is, I don't know, it's just ridiculous. Dylan Brown does a good job at centre, I understand that, but... He's one of the form five eights of the comp, if not the form five eight. He's the form five eight in the comp, not named Cameron Munster at the moment. To move him to centre just seems batshit crazy to me. I just I, I don't understand it. Um, and maybe this is the sort of loss that they needed. I know Power of Matter fans are getting very, very frustrated about this situation. And as I said, three or four weeks ago, now it's starting to impact Jacob Arthur because now people are saying, well, he's only doing it because it's his son and it's not fair on Jacob Arthur. It's the wrong call by Brad Arthur and he needs to move away from this for the sake of Jake, for the sake of his career and for the sake of the Parramatta Eels. It's not working. They were lucky they ran into a very shit Newcastle Knights last week and slapped them. They got a reality check against a really good side this week, the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, Let's move Moved to Sunday Arvo, Knights 2, Storm 50, Knights in some serious fucking curry, stoked that I cashed out my um, wooden spoon bet for the Newcastle Knights, uh, yeah, Newcastle, very, very fucking disappointing, um, yeah, they're in a bit of a hole now, record of 2-6, and six. they've been slapped two weeks in a row here, yeah, I, I I I don't want to sink the boot into Newcastle too heavy here. I don't really know what to say. Uh, they got a couple of troops to come back in Dane Gagai, uh, a few other guys, but uh, yesterday just wasn't good enough. The halves look frustrated. Clifford looks lost. He got sin. Uh, he got he got hooked during the game, which was very disappointing for him. But I completely understand it. Uh, even Randall lo- looks a little bit off to me. They, they just look like they lack direction, which was our biggest fear. In the preseason, that without Mitchell Pearce, you can have a good side. But if you don't have direction, you're in some serious curry. Um, mate, if you have a look at the stats of the halfback, Adam Klune, uh he had nine runs for 30 meters. The reason why he had 30 meters run is because he just kept on getting fucking tackled because they didn't know what they were doing. Um, they were, they're just in serious trouble at the moment. Newcastle. They only got to eight kicks throughout the whole game. Two of them from KP. Two of them from Clifford. Two of them from Clune. One from Randall that went like a, like a fucking balloon with air coming out of it. And the last kick was from Clemmer. So they're just they they are in all sorts at the moment. Newcastle. I'm not sure who they play next week, but fuck, they need to sort this shit out quickly or this season. Could turn into exactly what I was worried about at the start of the season. I feel I feel for Newcastle fans. Um, it's not like I fucking I, I told you so, but um, you know I obviously had a heap of people message me after round two with so much hope about the Newcastle Knights, and you know I, I do think they're a better team than what they're showing at the moment. And it's devastating for Newcastle Knights fans that it's like you've been fucking cock-teased to start the season. Um, considering where they were after week two and how they're playing now. Very, very disappointing. We sort of go back to that Mitch Barnett send-off. That seems like a real sort of turning point in this season. Um, It's not the only thing that turned it. There's no doubt about that. But I think it played a role. I I don't think we can deny that either. So Newcastle, they're in serious curry. Melbourne. Uh, they're flying. Uh, I don't know. I, I probably don't have to say too much. Same as last week. The spine killed it. Josh King, 212 metres, one tackle break. Uh, he His average play the ball was three seconds, which was the quickest of the game. Uh, and he did it over 24 hit-ups. He also made 22 tackles. So Josh King, absolutely killing it. Shout-out to Remus Smith. He's been a very hot team all season. He's been a little bit quiet, a little bit underwhelming. I thought he was great yesterday. Some big perform A big performance there from Remus Smith. Um, Olam and Coates just two to. Too dangerous. Pappy, Munster, Hughes, usual fucking suspects. This team is just too good at the moment. Um, Going up there to Newcastle and putting 50 on them at home on a Sunday afternoon. uh, Tough one to swallow there. Newcastle, they show little moments where you're like, oh, they're back in this game. And then one thing goes against them and they just shit the bed all over again. And they're just back to heads down sort of footy. So, disappointing for the Newcastle Knights. Incredibly disappointing. Uh, 2-0 to start the season. High flying. uh, Looking like a finals team. Six weeks later, they are two and six, looking very, very disappointing. Uh, the last game of the week, the Dragons twelve, the Tigers six, uh, two nil at, at halftime. This game, uh, I was actually sitting with my missus on the lounge watching this game, and she, she was doing some work, and she looked up at halftime and goes, "Oh." Um, when does this game start? And I sort of went, no, it's been going for 40 minutes. Just nothing really happened. End-to-end, good defense by both sides, um, to be fair. Just just nothing really occurred in this game. Uh, Zach Lomax, he's forcing more and more F errors with this aggressive slam that he does when he's sort of at marker and he, he's got the players there. Gets the results. Uh, but I reckon he's probably going to injure someone sooner rather than later doing this. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes down. Yeah, look two nil at halftime, both teams pretty even. I thought the dragons were probably the better side in the first half, despite being down two 0 I thought they looked more likely. Uh, ben Hunt struck in the second half coming off his right foot, smart footy from Tariq Sims, who ran the overs line, got out of the way, ran the line and then didn't stand around and dawdle, ran, ran straight through and then moved straight to the left to get the fuck out of the way. He didn't know that Ben Hunt was going to come off his right foot, But it's just that footy IQ to know, get out of the way. You see so many of these second rowers that run their line and then the halfback moves behind and then they stand there and just watch the play get out of the way because there is a really good chance that your halfback, your 5'8", your fullback will step back into that hole and then all of a sudden you're an obstruction. So, bit of experience there by Tariq Sims and a great try from Benny Hunt. Fuck, he's a classy little player. Uh, The next player to score was Bud Sullivan from the St. George Illawarra Dragons and this is the next one I'm going to talk about. Francis Molo. you watch him on this play the ball. Uh, He beats Jimmy Tamo in this wrestling, leaves him behind him. Molo gets to his elbows and knees, gets a quick play the ball. By the time Bud Sullivan's got the ball in his hand, in Tamu he's still trying to scramble to get back to, to second marker and it just opens up for Bud Sullivan so uh, great try for him great great return as well but credit to Francis Molo for. A big play in that wrestle there to win that one. It's this sort of shit that matters in rugby league. Uh, Brooksy hit back with a great try. Down the right edge later in the game. I thought Jock Madden has been a really good injection to this side. Uh, Hastings, another good performance. A heap of touches. 96 for Hastings again. There was a set there where he jumped into dummy half on the first three tackles. And they went about 60 metres. He then then grabbed the hooker, Little, who played well, to, to be fair. 45 tackles he made. Grabbed Little, said get into dummy half. He jumped in at first receiver. Came off his left foot and put, uh, I think it was Zane Musgrove through a hole and all of a sudden he gets tackled on the you know, the 20-meter line, and Hastings has orchestrated this entire set, just getting them going straight and direct, yeah, getting out of dummy half, squaring up markers, going direct, jumping into first receiver, getting a bit of pace off his left foot, getting lazy markers, and, and, and drawing his inside man, uh, and then Musgrave goes to play the ball, and he fucking knocks it on in the play the ball. So frustrating for Jacko to get them out of trouble like that, and then for that to happen, very, very frustrating. Uh, Yeah, it was hard to watch. But yeah, the Dragons came home with this one, 12-6. Tigers had an opportunity at the back end of the game to keep themselves in this one. But credit to the Dragons. They're a hard team to beat in Wollongong. Uh, Tigers now, they won their last two games in a row. Another good performance here. Still only conceding 12 points. Um, so yeah plenty of positive takeout take out for the Tigers you're in a much better spot than what you were three or four weeks ago and th- th- there's been games over the last few ma- of last eight weeks where the Tigers have lost but they've been reasonably in it but they played shit I thought the Tigers played pretty well in this game outside of that uh, that time at Marker where James Tarmie got caught out I thought his performance uh, was really good for the Tigers he's playing some good footy Alex Twole sensational again uh, a huge stat line don't have it in front of me I'm sure we'll talk about it on Bloke in a Bar this week uh, but yeah Good performance by both Dragons coming home with the cookies at home there. Uh, probably not a huge shock there, realistically. Guys, there is our rapid review done and dusted for round eight. Uh, we're heading into Bloke in a Bar Studios over the next hour or so uh, to record the big review of round eight with Denon and Timmy Williams from the Supercoach Playbook and from Beers and Breakevens joining us once again for a deep dive into that. Stay tuned over the rest of the day and tomorrow morning. We'll have all of that content dropping for you.